Extreme Santa Fe Clutch Slipping Heat Loading Reversing Torture Test for Hyundai's new 8-speed dual-clutch transmission. Could you hear that? It's all a little bit Battle of the Black Sea outside today, you know. Apocalypse now kind of thing. Anyway, 12 merciless lashes with a spiked frigging bullwhip in Abu Ghraib for that car. Or just, you know, up and down the driveway from hell just out there. I'm yet to decide, frankly. But the driveway could be fun. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the car that's up there now. We will attempt to murder the eight-speed dual-clutch transmission in just a sec, in the bloodiest possible way, with no mercy whatsoever, or die in the attempt. But first, here's some kind of important mountain climbing context. dancing. Completely underrated from a COVID health and well-being perspective. <laughs> Think you'd agree? I'd suggest you should try it. You will feel healthier after just one hour a day of watching. I know I do. Feeling down? Just watch pole dancing, dude. For more socially distanced health tips just like this one, visit my other website, poledancingexpert.com. Unless... Albors has that website registered too. I'm about halfway through my new Santa Fe evaluation, and look, if we have a dust off, I'll just have to leave you be. But anyway, these things take some time, these proper car reviews, and I've had the diesel mid-spec elite, the vehicle you're going to look at in this report for about a week now, and it's going back today, somewhat tarnished and possibly with smoke spewing from its bowels on a flatbed truck. Who knows? Life's an adventure, isn't it? I'm getting a Highlander in a couple of weeks, too, to round this out, if they're still speaking to me after today's test. So, full Santa Fe review in the pending tray. Stand by for that. Hit the subscribe, thingo, notification, whatever, and you will be stalked endlessly by me, which is just the way I like things. And in, in doing all of this, okay, it strikes me that some of you really like the idea of buying a Santa Fe diesel, or it's under-the-skin twin, the Kia Sorento diesel, which shares exactly the same powertrain. But some of you are somehow disinclined to buy a vehicle with a dual-clutch transmission. So scary. This is mainly due to Ford's terrifying efforts with its horrific power-shift dual-clutch transmission. The infamous power-shit sandwich. <laughs> if you'd like to design your own, dual clutch transmission, I'd suggest I urge you to study Ford's power shit in extensive detail so you can appreciate the truly nuanced totality of its, frankly, incredible design. And then just don't make yours anything like that one, dude, and you will be perfectly okay. There are 
major design differences between Ford's Abomination and this one that we will test today. The power shit was the dodgiest design ever, frankly. A dry clutch system with delusions of adequacy, especially in terms of heat management. Hyundai Kia's latest generation 8-speed DCT by comparison is a wet clutch system, meaning that the clutches operate in an oil bath and the oil is fed into an external convective cooler to manage any potential overheating. And this is a completely separate oil system, as in the oil that cools the clutches is separate from the oil that lubricates the gears. This dual clutch transmission exists, therefore, in a different thermal management universe. And yet, Ford's reputational damage appears to attach to all dual-clutch transmissions at some level, at least in the minds of some people. And that, in my view, is a disservice to all of the good ones. Clutch durability is really simple to understand, okay? All you need to know is that heat kills clutches. What a pity it doesn't also kill friggin' helicopters, anyway. We're about to put all of that to the test. Not the helicopter thing, just the clutch endurance thing. Quite a severe test coming up. I want to see for myself, and of course show you, whether or not I can induce a near-death heat experience in the Santa Fe diesel dual clutch by doing some absolutely severe real-world reversing. And I've got just the test track just outside this door. And if it does go poopy in its trousers, I will absolutely report that and the gloves will come off and doubtless there will be a terse, somewhat terse, telephone call with Hyundai, the temperature of which will be in inverse proportion to that of the dual clutch, I'd suggest. And frankly, Cletus is going to handle that if it happens. He'll just channel his inner sociopath and everything's going to be okay. If nothing else, you know how I always say, dude, never buy a demonstrator, yeah? Well, this would be one reason why. Actually, it should be fine. I'm told the transmission has inbuilt thermal overload protection, but let us find out anyway. Rising somewhat majestically behind me right now, as you can plainly see, is my somewhat arduous driveway, which is the price, of course, that I pay for living here on the north face of the Eiger, albeit in Schittsville and therefore surrounded by poisonous snakes and venomous spiders and flesh-eating insects and, of course, bogans. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But the driveway itself is quite arduous. It rises about five metres of vertical height for 20-something metres of lineal concrete, and it is quite narrow and quite twisty, so some clutch slipping on the way up in reverse is inevitable. And the plan today is to do six trips right up to the front of the house and back to the front with minimal rest in between to generate maximum heat and see if the transmission survives. And if it does, in the spirit of killing a test car, which is part of the road testing code of ethics after all, we might even go again for a total of 12 runs and 60 metres of vertical ascent with not all that much rest in between. It's mid-twenties today in degrees C and also no breeze, so it's not the worst day for convective cooling, but it's hardly the best either, which is kind of a mid-range day for us here in the knee of Sid. All right, let us roll. So I guess on the spectrum of possibilities, the options are 
erupt in a ball of flames and make a somewhat contrite telephone call back to Hyundai or emerge triumphant and be able to tell you that, yeah, dude, you can back up a steep driveway with this shiny new eight-speed transmission. <laughs> yes. I don't know what'll happen. I'm hoping for somewhere in the middle towards the success end of the spectrum, obviously. You know, this is quite a complex driveway and there's no way you'd get a trailer up here and you do have to slip the clutch. And you kind of got to pay attention, even with hundreds of laps under your belt, in a car as big as a Santa Fe. So it's a pretty good test, I think. We'll find out, as long as we can avoid hitting this dirty big tractor tire. All right, let us go again. And I think you'd agree, downhill, like forwards, is the way to exit any driveway. Far safer for pedestrians and to avoid anything unexpected on the way out, which is why I'm such a fan of reversing in. And you should be too, frankly. Alrighty, let us go again. This test might not actually seem that severe, but I assure you, lifting 2,000 kilos of Santa Fe five metres vertically against gravity requires roughly 100 kilojoules of energy. If you were to convert all of that energy to heat, it's enough heat to heat a one kilo block of steel from room temperature to about 250 degrees C. You could certainly barbecue with that. It's actually hot enough to temper hardened steel. Three rounds up the driveway would be enough to demagnetize that steel. Of course, steel loses its magnetic properties at about 770 degrees C. Six laps would be more than enough to heat treat that steel for hardening, which generally involves quenching it in an oil bath from about 1050 degrees. And after 12 laps, if we get that far today, we would achieve proper foundry status because we'd be looking at a molten pool of steel on the floor. So any way you cut this up, this is a lot of energy. You just can't see it. 12 laps in total would be 1.2 million joules, which is roughly the same as the kinetic energy of a Santa Fe cruising down the freeway 125 kilometers an hour. Just think for a second about the damage that you would cause crashing at 125. We're basically playing with that much acquired energy here today, and it's all getting pumped through the transmission. So this is a very severe test on the clutch pack. And therefore, at least the way I see it, it's way beyond the severity of your average owner's driveway reversing, even for the owners of really, really steep driveways like mine. It's really not much rest for the transmission in between rounds either doing this, frankly. So that's kind of nice from a testing point of view. And if I don't, you know, fuck this up, we'll have four laps under our belt, which is a long way to success in round one of our testing. And we might even go again if there's no temperature symbol up on the instrument panel at the end of another two rounds. Okay, here we are at the tyre. That's lap number four. Yes. Of course, you know, you can overheat all other transmissions doing this kind of thing as well. It's not unheard of to burn the crap out of a conventional torque converter epicyclic auto by putting it under too much stress. But the obvious way to do that is drive through the desert with a dirty big caravan, a lot of aerodynamic drag, high speed, and inadequate oil cooling built into the particular transmission system in question. Oh, goodness me, we are close on that side. Anyway, I think we're going to make it without, you know, 
some sort of horrible incident. And yes, we have. You could probably hear how tight it is because the bloody reversing sensors are absolutely no use on any car in this friggin' driveway. They just beep at you more or less continuously. And you'll note that while I do this test, I'm not driving like some sort of reversing god who's done this a thousand times. I'm actually slipping the clutch a fair bit. I'm not trying to damage the transmission, but I'm trying to go conservatively slowly so that the pace of the car and the pace of my ability to perceive the three-dimensional space around it are roughly in line. And I think that's probably a, a decent old policy for reversing in most cases and most reversing disasters happen of course when 3d space moves faster than the cognitive bandwidth of the user actually allows <laughs> i think you'd agree okay so this is coming up for lap number six and there's no nasty little temperature sort of uh, signage on the instrument panel there we are at the tire yes okay no warnings whatsoever on the dashboard. That's six laps times about five meters for roughly 30 meters of vertical height. That's not too bad. And in the spirit of doing everything to excess, let's go again for 12. And if we can do that, I think it's pretty safe to assume that the endurance of the transmission for an application like this is, you know, more or less infinite. So another six, let's call this half time and go for 12. The neighbours are all <laughs> looking out the window at this point and going, what the fuck is he up to this time, that clown? Can't he get a real job? I'm sure he's a drug dealer. You know, I'm sure they have these conversations. They stopped talking to me years ago when I stopped wearing a suit and tie and <laughs> going on television. So, you know, it's, uh, it's funny the way this works, isn't it? Even though there's a much bigger online audience, I would tell them if they deemed it ever, you know, appropriate to speak to me again. Which, frankly, I, you know, I wouldn't embrace. I'm, I'm not that sort of gregarious guy, face to face, go figure. Okay, so, are we going to hit here? Yes? No? No? No. Okay, slipping the clutch a little bit right now on this curve because, you know, you've got to identify those landmarks and miss them, haven't you? What are we up to now? I think this is lap number eight in total. No warnings on the dash, right at the tire. Happy with that. Okay, four to go. Let's see. I hope we don't get TKO'd in the 12th. That would suck. It always sucks to get TKO'd like that. Or to even have the fight go against you on points ultimately, you know? Okay, lap number nine. Let's see if we can't erupt in a ball of flames this time. Hyundai hates that kind of talk, by the way. So all car makers do. Okay, landmark number one, yes! Landmark number two coming up without nudging the front tire. That's the real pro tip here. Ooh, there's about two inches in that, happy with that. Okay, here we go, missing the front now on the other curve. And aiming for the big tractor tire from hell, the hit training workout implement of Soul destruction, yes, lap number nine, success. Nothing on the dashboard, gotta like that. Okay, here we go. It's time to take our shoes and socks off after this one, boys and girls, because we're gonna get to 10 and then, without our toes, how the fuck would we keep up? Let's go, okay, lap number 10, nothing on the dash. Happy with that. Bunch of beeping though, unhelpfully. Okay, landmark number one, yes. Okay, landmark number two, let's rock. 
and we've got that one nailed too. Okay, landmark number three before we can turn. All right, aiming for the tyre. And that is a big fat success for lap number 10 for a total height of roughly 50 metres without boiling the friggin' transmission or otherwise deflagrating the shit out of a shiny new test car in the driveway. Yes. This is one of the most exciting things I think I've ever done. Well, <laughs> during COVID, anyway. It's funny how life changes. Turns on a friggin' sixpence, doesn't it? Okay, here we go for number 11. I'll count this one with my big toe, if you don't mind. All right, landmark-wise, number one, yep. Okay, I'm looking for two. Let's turn. Let's turn like it's 1990 friggin' nine. And yes, landmark number two. Landmark number three coming up. All right. You know, the Elite doesn't get the surround camera system. And although I like looking at it, it doesn't actually provide that much tangible assistance. So. If you're thinking about you know, Highlander versus Elite in Santa Fe, then I'd suggest that you know you can live with the Elite and save a bunch of cash. And yeah, the Highlander is nicer, but the Elite's still pretty well equipped, I gotta say. Okay, and I think this is the decider coming up. Lap number 12. If we can do this without deflagrating the shit out of these clutches, I think we could possibly say that endurance-wise, big tick for the dual clutch. We could give it the anti-power shit <laughs> durability award 2021, couldn't we? Ford could learn a thing or three from a transmission such as that. Provided we don't, you know, TKO'd about, you know, a, a cigarette paper from the end. And there is a lot of clutch slip happening right now, incidentally. You can feel it if you've got mechanical simpatico. So here we go. At the top of the 12th, right there. Let's make a, let, Let's slip a little bit right at the end here. Touch parking. Yeah, you can hear that continuous beeping. So, we are touch parked at the top of the friggin' driveway. That's five lots or 12 lots of five meters of vertical height for a total climb of about 60 meters. And let's see if this passes the sniff test. I can't smell the distinctive smell of burning clutch in the morning, you know, it smells like failure. There's nothing like that. We don't have the scratch and sniff edition, obviously. But I think we should still talk about some considerations in relation to is a dual clutch transmission ideal for you? Because characteristically they are a little different than conventional epicyclic autos or CVTs. And it's worth drilling down into that a little bit and also talk about the trailer thing, which I have discussed at length with both Hyundai and Kia's product planning department. So I don't know about reversing a trailer up a gradient such as this. Obviously, you can't do it in a tight, twisty scenario such as this because you can't counter-steer sufficiently to maintain the path required on the trailer and you just fail every time. I have tried that. You know, so that's a But if you've got a long straight driveway and you needed to use this transmission to reverse a trailer up, let's talk about doing that when it's safe and when it's not. Big tick for the transmission right there. 12 rounds in that test, just like a proper boxing match, only 30 to 35 seconds apiece on the way up in reverse with 12 to 15 seconds of relief going downhill in between. 
I do, however, want to be crystal clear with you about what this test is and what it is not, because it would be easy for you, perhaps, to draw the wrong conclusions here. This is specifically not an accelerated life durability test on this transmission. I cannot tell you how that transmission will perform after 100,000 Ks or 200,000 or something. You'd have to perform a completely different kind of test, a much longer and substantially more complex one to achieve anything meaningful there. What this is, however, is a high temperature endurance test, like a severe load endurance test. And like I said, heat kills clutches. And this transmission seems to be very well protected in that respect. I have no doubt that you could kill it if you try. I know I could. I doubt it would take me five minutes. You just go out, find the steepest hill you can and hold the car on it stationary using the throttle. That should do it. Just like riding the clutch in a manual. Yes. If it's a hot day and no wind, even better slash worse. At least it won't take you as long if the conditions are warm up and there's no wind. You can cook an auto in exactly the same way, but it would probably take a little longer. An alternative way to look at this is the way to protect all clutch-based transmissions is to refrain from slipping the damn clutch under load. And in a dual clutch transmission, this means refrain from inching forward under load. And under load means uphill, basically. Inching forward means driving at any speed below which the clutch is able to fully engage in first gear or reverse. Okay, so if the clutch is slipping like that, the transmission is potentially in danger. But obviously it's not possible to avoid doing any clutch slipping all the time. And that's why they bothered to engineer in adequate thermal protection for the clutch system. And when I say they, I mean Hyundai Kia specifically in this instance and pretty much all car makers except Ford generally, obviously. Power shit, yeah. Yes. On durability, right? How you operate the car actually really affects the life of the expensive components like powertrains and things of that nature. So I'm pretty sure if you do this 12 lap test that I just did and you go out and do it twice a day for the next 10 years every day or something, those clutches are going to need servicing earlier than if you're the dude who doesn't go out and do this. That's just obvious to me, right? It should be obvious to you too. And this is certainly not the only such example of usage and endurance being linked, right? If you do only short trips, your engine is gonna wear out earlier. If you never get out on the highway, your engine's gonna wear out earlier. If you drive like a cut snake with a type A personality with rabies, your powertrain and your brakes will not last as long as someone more reasonable and or tolerant than that. If you're a tradie, okay, and you drive heavily loaded all the time, towing a trailer in traffic, ditto, dude. Also, if you tow a huge friggin' caravan at speed, 20,000 Ks or something around the country, versus someone who does not, then powertrain, wear and tear, dude. If you modify your vehicle heavily, bits of it are gonna wear out more frequently. But I wouldn't be too concerned, frankly, about dealing with reasonably slopey driveways using this transmission, okay? As long as you just deal with them normally. It seems quite well designed and you've seen the evidence, okay? In fact, it's the best dual clutch transmission I have ever driven.
It's the same as the DCT in Sorrento, obviously, at least as I understand it. It's the same transmission going into the i30N DCT as well, basically, when that car finally lobs after seemingly geologic time. Maybe that's just because I'm looking forward to it so much. However, and this is a fairly big however, this does not mean that this DCT is as refined as a really good conventional epicyclic auto. It's just not. This DCT has some pretty solid logic that drives the decisions it takes out there in traffic and it gets wrong-footed a whole lot less than most other DCTs I've driven. But frankly, it's still not perfect. It's very good off the mark and at low speed and when you're getting away gently in traffic, nose up or nose down, it's great. These are traditional sort of DCT weaknesses, right? And this transmission has substantially eliminated the freefall type sensation that plagued earlier DCTs when, for example, you were reverse parking on a hill. And before any of you peanut gallery geniuses kick off with this whole uh, DCT's a shit, mate, kind of rhetoric, I would retort preemptively, they're not, dude. DCTs are extremely good at sporty driving, okay? They're just really good at shifting in situations where they can clearly predict the future. And sporty driving is pretty much that situation on an ongoing basis, essentially. This transmission is also brilliant at not running away from you when you are pointed downhill, like cruising downhill. And I tested this in the new North Connects tunnel in Sydney's armpit recently. <laughs> it's a steep downhill entry ramp and the speed is limited to 60, okay? So the Santa Fe, frankly, just stayed locked on 60 the whole way down that ramp without running away in the manner of a conventional auto, which is excellent for license preservation on our over-regulated roads. And DCTs are also brilliant on fuel, let's not forget. They save about 6% compared with a conventional auto, and most people never factor that in when they're criticising the shit out of them. There's simply a price to be paid for these advantages, right? Like a trade-off. And that trade-off is lack of refinement for mundane driving. And sometimes they get a little bit wrong-footed. And in this vehicle, that trade-off is fairly slight, I'd suggest. So slight, in fact, that I would say roughly half the people who go out and drive that DCT diesel will never even know that it is not a conventional auto. You have to be quite in tune with the mechanics and the driving process to get it, okay? And the other point I would stress here is that you can easily cook a conventional auto transmission as well, but because of the large circulating volume of oil there, it's quite hard to do that with one slow reverse up the driveway or in traffic, just stop-start traffic. Cooking a conventional auto is much more likely to occur when you are towing a van at high aerodynamic drag, meaning high speeds, like 100 k's an hour plus or something, for a prolonged period of time on a really hot day in a car where the car maker has cut costs and corners by failing to put an adequate transmission oil cooler in the design. And my final comment on durability is... Hyundai Kia has a pretty good track record with DCT durability, frankly. I doubt they've gone backwards with this one. And when you look at Ford and the power shit fiasco and the cost of that to them, the class action lawsuits in many countries and the ongoing reputational damage that flows from this kind of engineering travesty, like, 
No car maker wants to film Power Shit 2.0, let's cook again. Yes. Plus, of course, Hyundai does have a five-year unlimited kilometre warranty and Kia offers seven. And essentially that means that if you drive in the manner of a reasonable consumer, even a reasonable consumer with a driveway on the friggin' north face of the Eiger, you are essentially covered, right? And there's legislative protection here as well beyond the warranty and during and Frankly, both of these brands are excellent at customer support here in Shitsville, and they want to preserve their reputations as being so. So that's fairly safe, I'd suggest. And like I said, I've had extensive discussions with both Hyundai and Kia about reversing a trailer in similar conditions, and that's a subject for my next video. So if that's you, you've got a big trailer or even a not so big trailer and you want to reverse it up your driveway occasionally or once a day, subscribe and hit the bell and I will inflict myself upon you with all of that data next. Do it now, dude. Like, you know you want to. These things go through hell in R&D too, like Satan on crystal friggin' meth hell. It's much worse than ordinary car owners can imagine, okay? And given the vehicle's 2.5 ton tow rating, this is a pretty amped up DCT, intrinsically designed to endure considerable abuse, as I suggest you've just plainly seen. 